You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. I love college football and the NFL. I could probably continue. But before we get into our message, I want to give you a chance to kind of create your own little mini-series. So I want you to turn to your neighbor. Y'all know that's right or left, right? To your neighbor, in 30 seconds or less, tell them three things you love. Ready? Go. Boy, y'all making some long lists, aren't you? All right. Now, if you worked at it for a while, I'll bet you could come up with a list of a hundred things you love. But I'm not sure that you would include this one if I wasn't preaching on it, but here it is. I love Sundays. Was it on your list? Our goal over the next couple of weeks is to change that. If you attend this series, I guarantee you, your life will be better or your money back, okay? Y'all caught that, didn't you? There's a dynamic power when a church gets on the same page. At the end of this experience, I believe we will all be saying one simple little phrase. I love Sundays, okay? So, would you practice that with me right now? I'll say it, then you repeat it, okay? I love Sundays. I love Sundays. Good job. Let's pray together, and then we'll get started. Father, you made us, and Lord, we're so grateful. You designed us, and you know how we work best. And Father, we came this morning hoping that you would speak to us in, in life-changing ways. And that's our prayer right now. Lord, in these next few minutes, please speak to us. But God, not just speak to us, change us. We are listening. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Open your Bible to Isaiah 58. And we're going to look at two verses there. We'll get there in a little while. Or you can always follow on the screen. Sunday was meant to be the best day of your week. During Jesus' day, the Jews had all sorts of laws about what you could and couldn't do on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath day, Jesus was hanging out with his disciples, and they were debating which things applied to them and which things didn't. And in a show-stopping statement, Jesus clarified God's purpose for the Sabbath once and for all when he said to them in Mark 2, 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What Jesus was saying was of all the days of the week, God knew each of us would need a day for a break, to break from everything else we were doing, and as I said last week, to refuel, 
refresh and refocus. So when God was arranging the rhythm of the world, he designated one day for refueling. You study the history of Christianity, and I think you'll see that whenever people have taken the time to set aside a day of rest and refocus with God, their lives have gone better. They felt better about themselves, enjoyed their families more, and experienced the smile of God. The problem is, in 2022, we live in a never-stopping culture where 24-7, we never have enough time because we never stop worrying about deadlines and never feel like we're making enough money to guarantee our happiness. Day in and day out, we live with pressure. Pressure, 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 pressure. Do this for a minute, okay? Now, it's going to seem a bit weird, but I want you to do it anyway, okay? So kind of just put your teeth together, ready? And just go. There you go. Good. You know what you're just doing? You weren't telling somebody to be quiet, right? We were just kind of letting some pressure off, just kind of like you do if you've done that with a beach ball or an air compressor. Now, let's try it one more time. Ready? Now, see, doesn't that feel good? Listen, I don't want you to relax so much as you go to sleep while I'm preaching here, but listen, I do want us to relax enough to lower our blood pressure and listen well and leave here in a little while feeling a weight lifted off your shoulders. Listen, if you set the clock back 100 years in our country, 200 years or 300 years, and there was a lot of pressure, you see, nobody worked on Sundays. Y'all remember those days? Busyness, listen, was just something, that, it was just different. And all these businesses were closed. It wasn't just Chick-fil-A like it is now. There were no kids traveling all-star teams. People use Sunday for a rest day, which seems very old-fashioned. But doesn't something about that old-fashioned lifestyle call to you? In prior generations, Americans got a lot less done on Sundays. But as a result, they got a lot more done on Mondays. After a day of rest, they attacked the work week eagerly. Work was considered a noble thing. You realize that athletes have found they perform better by working hard when resting. Working hard and then resting instead of working hard all the time. Because, see, our muscles were designed for stress and then release. Our souls were too. Imagine this for a minute. What if we took a step backwards in order to go forward? Way back in the New Testament, the nation of Israel was about to enter the promised land. For 40 years, they had lived in the desert without houses or jobs or responsibilities. And as they got ready to go to the promised land where they would occupy homes and lead working lives... God visited their leader, who at the time was Joshua, and talked to him about his priorities. And in Joshua 1.8, this is what he said. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it, what? Day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
then you will be prosperous and successful. God was saying, Joshua, once you and your people settle in, you are going to be very tempted to work, 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 and work to get ahead. But if you work, 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 and work to get ahead, you won't get ahead. You'll actually fall behind. Joshua, the secret to getting ahead is to spend time in this book, my word. Because if you get into my word, this book will get into you. If this book gets into you, you will become the kind of person who is prosperous and successful. And that's been, been proven true, friends. In the 18th century in England, Jonathan and Charles Wesley started a movement that resulted in 100,000 weekly Bible studies by 1798. And for the next 100 years, England was the most prosperous nation in the world. In 1857, Jeremiah Lanfear started a noontime prayer meeting in the Dutch Reformed Church in downtown New York City that sparked a movement of Bible reading throughout our country. As a result, the history of America's westward expansion was marked by households huddled around the kitchen tables at night. Mom, she would do some sewing while the kids played quietly and dad read the Bible to them out loud for an hour. And once that Bible reading habit was ingrained in our families over the next 100 years, guess what? The United States became the most prosperous nation on earth. Do you think this has anything to do with your life? Amen? Amen. People today say they're, they're too busy to read the Bible because they have to work more hours to get ahead. But the Bible says that if you will read it regularly, you'll become the sort of person who gets ahead. The same is true with the Sabbath. We think we can get ahead by working more. But sometimes the best way to be productive is to rest and refuel for a while. That's the concept of the Sabbath. You know why? Because God invented it. The way to make your Mondays better is to start with Sundays. In the Bible, God prescribes 52 Sabbaths a year as part of our health maintenance plan. That's seven and a half weeks of spiritual vacation. That's what that is. God did this because when he wired us up, he constructed us to run best on rhythm of engagement and withdrawal or stress and then release. The pattern is sewn into the fabric of the universe. Days were made for work. Nights were made for rest. Summers have more daylight so we can work more. Winters have shorter daylight so we can work less. God made Sundays as a release day. A Sunday rest day is part of our divinely designed nature. No pressure today, okay? We just need to release it. Isaiah 58, 13. Look there now. Listen to this as I read it to you. God says this. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, 
and from doing as you please on my holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isn't that good? Repeat this after me. If you call the Sabbath, uh, if you call the Sabbath a delight, say that. If you call the Sabbath a delight, and repeat this line after me. I will cause you to ride in triumph. I will cause you to ride in triumph. God's secret for riding in triumph is to call the Sabbath a delight. Which means that Sunday ought to be the best day of your week. Now, how can you make that happen? What would it look like to make Sundays the best day of your week? Well, the first thing is there's two steps you need to take to make Sundays great. The first is to make a conscious decision to honor God's rhythm for your life. I recently watched a video with a quote from a former Jewish senator. He said, sometimes people say to me, in your life with all the responsibilities, how can you possibly stop on one day a week to observe the Sabbath? Part of my answer is, how could I not stop? As a practicing Jew, he understands God's rhythm for life. For Orthodox and conservative Jews, celebrating the Sabbath is the high point of their week. A few years ago, Pastor Hal Seed was at the, uh, at the Western Wall in Jerusalem as the Jews were brought in the Sabbath together. And I have been there a couple of times. And uh, Seed says this, It was a wild celebration. Jewish men, dressed in their finest, were bobbing back and forth. Israeli soldiers, Uzis in hand, were singing Sabbaths, songs together. One little boy ran up to me with a huge smile on his face and shouted, Shabbat Shalom, Sabbath peace to me, like I was a long-lost relative. It was one of the most festive celebrations I've ever seen. Sabbath celebration is so sacred to the Jewish people that the entire, and I told our people this when we went, because this is different when you're there on the Sabbath, to the Jewish people that the entire nation of Israel puts their elevators on automatic during the Sabbath. In other words, to avoid any kind of work at all, even pushing a button. So it would stop on every floor. You imagine living on the high rise with the patience I got, and I want to go to the top floor. Well, that's exactly what they do. And they do that from the beginning to the end of the Sabbath. Now, this might seem extreme to us because we live in a country where everyone can do whatever they want to. But imagine, again, if you lived in that high rise and every Sunday your elevator stopped on every floor whether you wanted it to or not. You, like I said, you board an elevator in Israel on the Sabbath, and every stop will remind you that there is a God who created the world, and He wants you to release and enjoy Him. That would be a great reminder, 
wouldn't it? Jewish people celebrate the Sabbath on the seventh day to remind themselves that on the seventh day, God rested from his labor of creation. Because the resurrection of Jesus happened on a Sunday, Christians adopted the first day of the week as our Sabbath. But the principle is the same. Take a day to rest. Build it around God and family and make the Sabbath a delight. In Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8, is where Moses gave the Ten Commandments. And the fourth commandment reads like this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Remember the Sabbath, it says. Remember is a verb that looks back. The commandment says that after the Sabbath was passed, we should think back on it. Now turn forward in your Bible or just listen. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 12. Notice the change here. Observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Notice the change in verb. In Exodus, the command reads, remember. In Deuteronomy, it reads, observe, which means to look forward. And because of these two Sabbath verbs, Jewish people have built their lives around making the Sabbath they observe by looking forward. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, they make it the best day of their week. The first days after the Sabbath, they remember by looking back. The last days before the Sabbath, they observe by looking forward. You all know what it means to look forward to something. You hear about a great movie that's coming out on a Friday night, and you look forward to it all week. Or you hear about the game between your favorite team and your arch rival. And man, you think about it, you talk about it to all your friends before and even after the game happens, for example. Now, I want to tell you, I planned this series out way before that game, but I was sweating it out for y'all last night. I said, I'm going to have to remove this logo if y'all lost. You understand? So I know you were sweating it out a little bit, so that goes better with my message. So go Bucks. You like that, don't you? Listen, but if it was a great movie or a great game, you talk about it for the next few days. Some of you come in today. You've already talked to me about it. I will do the same thing. We all do. That's who we are. Remember, observe, remember, observe. That's God's rhythm. I mean, you want to dance that? Remember, observe, remember, observe. You could do that, couldn't you? What if this afternoon and tomorrow morning, you talk to your family or friends about what you learned in church on Sunday or what you did for fun on Sunday afternoon or evening? And what if this Friday you posted on your Facebook page, for those of you who have one, Sunday's coming or I can't wait for Sunday. And you started thinking about what you might experience in church this weekend. You see, there's a phenomenon in psychology that says, act your way into a new way of thinking. Counselors teach couples who have lost that loving feeling 
to act like they're in love so that they fall in love again. And guess what? It works. A husband who goes out and buys his wife flowers finds himself liking and loving his wife more because he did something that was loving. A wife who takes care, special care, to prepare a great dinner for her husband finds herself loving her husband more because she's putting more effort into their relationship. Isaiah 58, 13 says, We should call the Sabbath a delight. What if you don't feel like the Sabbath is a delight? If you feel, if you will make a decision, listen, to call the Sabbath a delight, you will begin to feel like the Sabbath is a delight. All right, so if step one in making Sunday the best day of your week is honor God's rhythm for your life, step two takes it a little further. Step two is prepare for Sunday as if it's the highlight of your week. Last Sunday, I said David got invited to church. His response was, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because see, like that song we sang today, there really should be joy in the house of the Lord. He was all fired up about it because going to church was the high point of his week. How could that happen for you? Guys, you remember when you were in high school? If you asked a girl out on a date, I mean, usually you'd take a shower ahead of time. You'd uh, put on some deodorant. You'd comb the hair if you had any. You'd put on some clean clothes, right? I mean, at least I hope you did. What did you do when you asked a girl to the prom? For the prom, you would buy her flowers. You might rent a tuxedo. You'd probably even wash your car. You made reservations for dinner at a great restaurant. Your regular date and your prom date might even have been with the same girl. What made one good and the other great was in the what? The preparation. The preparation. Now follow me on this, okay? Follow me. On a normal weekend, the Smith family goes out and does something. They do something fun on Saturday night. You hear the word? Saturday night. Sleeps until the last minute Saturday, Sunday morning. Rushes to get ready for church and bickers all the way to the parking lot. That never happens to your family, does it? I mentioned that last week. Fortunately, like I said last week, church parking lots have a miraculous healing effect on our families. They do. Nobody wants to look bad at church, so when people turn into the church parking lot, they get calm like Jesus calming the storm. A pastor once called his church church's parking lot, Miracle Corner. Because as people pulled in, he said sinners became saints and chaos became tranquility. Listen, it happens at our church all the time. A carload of competitors becomes a boatload 
of bliss. People who couldn't stand each other a minute ago now stroll arm in arm into our building. How hard is it to have an experience at church if you've had a miserable experience getting to church? Hard. How seed, he says again, anyone who has ever put on a plastic smile knows how difficult it is to concentrate on something wonderful when they're feeling something awful. He says one of the greatest things about church is that people regularly walk in a mess and walk out at peace. Imagine how much better off we would be if we walked into church already at peace. Look at this. One of the greatest things about church is that people regularly walk in a mess and walk out at peace. Now rewind the Smith family weekend for a minute. What if instead of whooping it up on Saturday night, they changed their whoop night to Friday? You know where I'm going with this? What if Mr. and Mrs. Smith developed a plan for Sunday, preparing for Sunday like Sunday morning was the prom? Hmm? Some of you young parents. If the Smiths have small children, imagine this. It's Saturday morning and Miss Smith is asking each member of the family what they want to wear to church tomorrow. Armed with this information, she does laundry to make sure the chosen clothes are ready by morning. On Saturday evening, Miss Smith helps the kids get on an early or normal bedtime. Listen, what kind of difference would it make in your church experience? If every member of your family woke up rested on Sunday morning and everything they wanted to wear was already ready for them. If you're the Smiths and you have teens, you might want to kill your kids' social life every weekend by insisting on an earlier Saturday night curfew. But what if you work together to come up with a mutually acceptable plan for Sunday morning. I mean, really, what if you held a family huddle to talk about how long each member of the family will need to shower, dress, and eat breakfast so that you're not yelling at each other from the bathroom, falling over each other in the kitchen, and then running for the car the last minute? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if that happened to you this morning. If you're a single parent, you might huddle up with your kids and develop your own family game plan. The U.S. Marines have a saying. I'm not talking about the Semper Fi. It says, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Plan for your church like you plan for your prom. Now replay Sunday morning. This might never happen, but imagine if it did. If it takes your family 15 minutes to get to church, what if you all got in the car 25 minutes before church started and drove over here at or under the speed limit? No honking, no bickering, 
Maybe you sing a verse of kumbaya together or whatever on your way. But you get the idea. When you get out of the car, you could actually walk across the parking lot at a leisurely pace. You could stop and have a conversation in the lobby and still arrive in your seat a few minutes to spare. Now, this might be a fantasy, but I have to tell you that your pastor would be thrilled and you might enjoy it as well. Like prom versus date. The difference in a good Sunday and a great Sunday just might be the advance preparation. So how will you prepare for next Sunday? Let me give you some suggestions. First, block out the next two Sundays. That might be too much to change your whole life in one sermon, so let's just start with this. What if you blocked out the next couple of weeks on your calendar and said, we aren't going anywhere on Sunday mornings except for church the next couple of weeks? Schedule it in your smartphone like you schedule an appointment with your friend. Number two, figure out your advanced plan. Sometime this afternoon, before this idea wears off, sit down with your family or those you come in contact with church with and talk about the kind of preparation you want to put into arriving here with smiles next Sunday. Do you want to put your clothes on the night before? <laughs> or set the table and eat breakfast together? What time do you all want to go to bed the night before? And what time do you want to leave for church next Sunday morning? Then to make sure you have fun, how do you want to whoop it up on Friday night? Lastly, observe next Sunday. To start looking forward to next Sunday, I said something earlier about this, try posting something like this. Hashtag Sunday's coming on your Facebook page, maybe this coming Friday. Who knows, if enough of us do it, we might start a movement, amen? A pastor once officiated a wedding of a couple, and while planning the ceremony during the premarital counseling together, he asked them how they met. The girl's name was Haley, said, during the first day of class, my sophomore year of college, all the students had to introduce themselves. When Brad introduced himself, I automatically said, wow, this guy is great and cute and something special. Well, class met once a week. So the next week, I dressed up a little bit for class. She did that every week. She wanted to make an impression, and Brad noticed. Now they're living happily ever after. Haley thought Brad was special, so she took special care on the day she went to class with him. Now, that's not a bad model to father. Everybody repeat after me. Sunday was meant to be the best day of my week. Let's say it. Sunday was meant to be the best day of my week. Now, look at this one. I'm going to prepare for it as if it's the highlight of my week. Let's say it. I'm going to prepare for it as it's the highlight of my week. Now, say this one with me. See you next Sunday. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, my prayer is that, God, we would just stop all of the busyness. Lord, you tell us in your word to be still and know that you are God. And, Lord, my prayer for all of us in here today that, God, we would do just that. 
Lord, for whatever someone is going through today, Lord, I pray that they would understand that, Lord, they would find it all in you. Whatever their issues are, that, God, the answers come through you. So, Lord, this morning, maybe there's some that just need to come and, and pray and just, Lord, ask you to help them, God, as they prepare and to get ready, Lord, to just have a planned time, Lord, to come into the house of God and worship. Lord, others, that, Lord, whatever's going on in their life, Father, if they just need to come today, Lord, to this altar to pray with one of us pastors, Lord, I pray that they would do that. Father, if people are looking for a church home, that, God, they would come here. Lord, for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, that today you would bring salvation to them. Lord, for whatever needs to happen today in this place, I pray that it will. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.